This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. CNN pretends to be cleaning up their act. What I think is really going on with the Washington Post and the recently fired reporter, a situation Cam was involved in, and the Pope said, what? You're listening and watching the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast. I'm Brad Binkley. I believe that I'm live on Rockfin. Waiting for that red. There we go. Now I'm certain that I'm live on Rockfin. Again, you're watching the Drive Time News Blast. Don't forget that tomorrow, Friday, June 17th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is this month's disappearing patron party. We will be having some drinks, having some laughs, and have some guests with possibly the libertarian candidate for the Georgia Secretary of State joining us for a bit, possibly. So if you want to have some fun with us, have some drinks and party, go to the Propaganda Report Patreon page at patreon.com slash propaganda report and join the disappearing patron party tier before tomorrow. All right. Today is a it's a special day, and I'm very excited because joining me to help out is is a guy that you guys all know <laughs> and love is Cam Harless of the Mad Ones Podcast. You might also know him from Tucker Carlson or The Spectator <laughs> or any of the number of articles the past few weeks that covered the internal chaos about what's going on at the Washington Post, which we will talk about later on in the show because I believe there's something more than meets the eye that's actually going on there, and I want to see what Cam has to say about it, as well as just find out what, what, what's been going on in the aftermath of that really just kind of crazy situation that exploded <laughs> on social media. But I want to start today by talking about a story that you may have heard. First of all, how are you, Cam? I didn't even say hi. Like, I'm, I'm I'm doing all right. You know, I, I right after all that happened, uh, I got very tired because I know you know as a comedian, if you have to be on for any like an extended period of time, like a week, you get exhausted. I mean, I, I know that I was just on Twitter, but still, I had to be on at any moment to make my jokes. Oh, that's absolutely interesting. It's Yes, it's something in comedy. It can sometimes be you're going to comedy clubs on a nightly basis. It can sometimes be taxing or exhausting because everybody's always trying to one up each other and everybody's always trying to be on at a time. And you don't necessarily have to do that. Nobody's going to judge you if you don't. But you do put that pressure on yourself and it can be overwhelming at times. And it causes you to use those cognitive resources in your mind that we have limited uh, amounts of. You know, it's not yeah. the automatic thinking processes. We have to actively engage, and that drains our, our brain resources, and it literally makes you physically exhausted. So I can relate to that. And I, I, I was out of town. It was my birthday, and I was ch- I would check in Twitter every now and then. Didn't have great internet service. I was in the mountains. And every time I looked, there was just it's an explosion of tweets that I, I know I haven't even gone through all of them because there were so many of them. And I look forward to hearing a little bit about that. Later in the show, but what I do want to start talking about today is what's going on over at CNN recently and again today because things are happening there. 
or at least they make it seem like things are happening. They have this new head guy, and he set out to make CNN an example of what an organization who has lost trust must do in order to regain that trust that they once had. He, he made a statement like that about a month ago, and he's take, making moves, taking action in that direction. Last week, he had the announcement, or two weeks ago, the announcement of that CNN will no longer be obnoxiously using the breaking news label. Wow, what a move. What a bold move to stop calling absolutely everything breaking news. Instead, it will be called developing news. Wow, what a trustworthy move. He continues to make these moves today as it appears they they are, are undergoing a transformation. They're, they're trying to give that appearance that they're transforming, transforming themselves away from this propaganda agency to a trustworthy news agency. But I do have my doubts. So here's the story that came out today. This guy, John Nicosia, he's the president of a company called News Cycle Media. I've never heard of it, but he's got a blue check mark and everybody's citing his reporting, so I'm sure it's trustworthy. He reported last night on Twitter and today that his sources, unnamed, they say that Brian Stelter's time at CNN could be down two weeks, if not days, and that Stelter is everything that reminds the new owners of the Zucker era that they desperately want to get past and that possibly Stelter and, and Jim Acosta are being monitored by uh, Litch, I believe is the new guy, and he's watching them to see if they are going to be able to adhere to the network's new emphasis on less partisan coverage. So he's going to have the watchful eye on them and could, could terminate everybody's favorite person to love to hate, which is <laughs> Brian Stelter. I would be kind of sad to see him go, actually, because, you know... I like watching how ridiculous he is at times. We'll see if that's true. I don't know if it is. But in that same vein, it's also being reported today that the new CNN boss, quote, nudged his producers at CNN to avoid describing Trump's claims that the 2020 election was stolen as the big lie. The reason being because the phrase is a Democratic Party branding of Trump's claim. It's their talking point and that using that the head guy says that it hurts CNN's objectivity when covering the subject, which obviously it does. And he suggested instead to use phrases like Trump's election lie or election lies, which I find that to be a bit ironic that he's still encouraging, encouraging them to use phrases that presume that presume guilt of Trump, that, that presume something that hasn't been proven. So it's still propaganda he's spreading, but he's just kind of trying to tone it back a little bit. But what's going on here? So is this a transformation? Is CNN truly trying to make a genuine effort to clean up their act and stick to, you know, more truthful, nonpartisan reporting? I have my doubts about it. So we can not read their minds, of course. We don't know right. what their true intent is, but we do. The, the intent on why they're trying to be appear to be more trustworthy is important. But what we can do is we can we can look at the broader movement going on that's related to this. And what I'm speaking about specifically is at the, the World Economic Forum. I, I spoke a lot about this. At, at Davos, one of the major themes a couple weeks ago was the need to, to regain control of the public and their, and their in, the influence they have over them by reestablishing the trust in the influential institutions in society, specifically the mainstream media, because the mainstream media has the power to control the broader public's perception of reality. And 
if the public doesn't trust them, then they can't use them to filter that propaganda. And ultimately, they need that. They need that trust. They need to be able to shape reality for the public because that is what their 2030 agenda depends on. And the ways they can shape that, they can regain that trust is one is they can create new individuals who don't have much of a record and people don't know them and they can put that person in situations that builds trust for them and then use that new figure. I highlighted the way CNN was doing that last week on the show. You can listen to that. It's uh, They're using the Uvalde shooting to create this new character who is a trusted guy. They're trying to get some easy wins that people on both sides can agree with. And they're clearly pushing this guy. And Another way they can do that, and the World Economic Forum discusses all of these tactics, is they go to the local institutions, or they go to the locales to rebuild that trust, and they put their messages in the mouths of people online and in local communities that the people around them already trust. And then they can also place their global shapers in those communities. And of course, the third way is to rebuild that trust in those institutions like CNN and the other mainstream media organizations. All right, so... Here's why, where's my, I have a clip I want you to hear from Davos where they're talking about this very thing. They know that they've lost trust. And this is an eye-opening clip, in my opinion. I played part of this on the show last week, but this is going to be the entire clip. It's eye-opening to hear that they finally recognize that nobody likes them and nobody trusts them. And it's kind of shocking to realize that they they didn't know that before. It kind of shows how (laughs) out of touch they are. This is from a November 2021 panel discussion at the World Economic Forum. The event is called The Great Narrative, A Call to Action. And this is actually the exact same theme that persisted at Davos two weeks ago. Start that over. Mary, what would you add? Well, I would say that we can sit and design a beautiful to protect you from COVID and find that a lot of the world doesn't trust you enough to take it. I'm going to stop there because there is a, a glitch in the clip there and her audio cut out and i tried to cut out some of the space because it was like 10 seconds of just frozen but she said we're in a society basically that can develop of a, a great vaccine that works and nobody will take it so that's what she's talking about here to protect you from COVID. well i would say that we can sit and design a beautiful team to protect you from COVID and find that a lot of the world doesn't trust you enough to take it we can find green energy sources and then discover communities that will help. So for me, the obstacle um, is ensuring that people want to come along. And that's, that's why we've got to make government work. And I don't say that just because I'm dean of a school of government. I say that because across the world, people, people don't need to love their government. But they need a government to ensure that other citizens will act in a decent way so that they too can act in a decent way. They need government to be competent and fair and non-self-enriching so that they too can be those things in their communities. And if government doesn't do that, it becomes impossible for them to trust. And without trust, you get fear and anxiety. And with fear and anxiety, people vote for people to break government, not to use it to do great things. And that's what we're seeing around the world. So to me, the biggest obstacle is we can sit, you know, at, at Davos a few years ago, you know, the Edelman survey showed us that the good news is the elite across the world trust each other more and more. 
so we can come together and design and do beautiful things together. The bad news is that in every single country they were polling, the majority of people trusted that elite less. So we can lead, but if people aren't following, we're not going to, to get to where we want to go. She's exactly right. And that last point there, they're not going to get where they want to go. I find it interesting that they needed an Edelman poll or whatever it was to realize that people around the world don't trust them. How out of touch can you be? I mean, did they think that everybody was just on board with them all the time before this poll came out? But is it, what do you think about that? They realize one, she talked about how we need government. We don't have to like government, but we need government because we need them to tell us how to behave, how to act right. right. And who determines what those values are uh, of rightness? Uh, they do. It's their values, it, it, not ours. Ours are not allowed. But they're not going to be able to get us to do that. They're not going to achieve that because while they trust each other more and more, we don't freaking trust them at all. What do you think about this admission? Well, I, what, what's interesting is the way she put it was that we need government, essentially, I'm paraphrasing, to make our neighbors act decently so that we can then act like decent human beings. So it's the it seems to me, I don't know if you if you hear this, like talking about kindergartners who don't know any better. You know what I right. mean? It's it's it this is not how you talk about adults. Also the hilariousness of saying we can lead um but they they may not follow. Do you know what you call it when you're leading and no one's following? What? Not leading. That's not for leading sure. at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's that is not it. But what's yeah. funny you about call this it whole... doing a bunch of stuff nobody likes or wants to do. <laughs> It's like being a being a a jerk somewhere else, um, but no, it's uh it's funny because like this what you're talking about with what's going on in CNN and what what I went through, I guess last week, it, like it's all been kind of a blur that was kind of wild, but it seems to me that they may have swung the pendulum too far. I think that some of the wokeness, some of the stuff that's going on right now, they're starting to realize that it doesn't work. And Absolutely. I think that there's a a very solid case that what Felicia Sonmez did and how they treated her shows that they now realize that people aren't going to do it anymore. Well, I, I think that they are realizing that the wokeness definitely it's not working. It's not spreading. The media makes it seem as though it is, even though on the ground, it's not really what the media uh, presents it to be. Maybe they bought into some of their own projections of of people sharing their beliefs and they are finally discovering it's not true. But yeah. their recognition that people around the world, basically, to use a tired term, have, have woken up to their BS, that triggered this or is triggering this process of this trust building effort there was i think a dozen panel discussions at davos that had the word trust in the title and they were all about rebuilding trust in children establishing trust over uh young individuals at elementary school age rebuilding trust in this community rebuilding trust in business it was all about trying to regain the power over those people who they've lost control of because you can't spread your propaganda if people don't believe you so they and need a way like yeah they need a way to do that and so this effort that they're engaging in i believe with cnn is part of that 
attempt to rebuild that trust so that they can better lie to us and they can better deceive us because we are far more vulnerable to being manipulated by those whom we trust than we are by those who we do not trust. And that is what I think this CNN effort is going to be right here. So it's perfectly fine. It's good. So they are taking actions, at least on the surface, that you would want a organization that has lost trust to do. However, that should not change. It should not lull us to sleep and change our skepticism over the information that we get from them or anyone, as a matter of fact, because even the people with the best of intentions get it wrong sometimes. So we should always maintain that healthy level of skepticism. And this is not the first time that an effort like this has been uh, put on by the powers that be. It's not the first time Americans have woken up after World War One. There was disillusionment as information came out in the years that followed, and it revealed the manipulation, how they lied to us to get us to support and join World War One, and people became disillusioned. And this isn't something that I'm speculating about. This is stuff that Edward Bernays himself writes about, and he writes about how they need to change their strategy because the American public got ticked off once they found out that they were lied to by people like Bernays, who boast about the stories he made up and the fantastical tales that people bought in their effort to get people to join the war. And I mean, he changed, he created the term public relations because the term propaganda got tainted after World War One, it wasn't always yep. seen in a negative light. So he changed it to public relations. And I, I, it's funny. I'll ask people who say they study public relations in college. I'll ask them if they ever talk about Edward Bernays. And they're like, who? I'm like, yeah, you don't even yeah. know where that came from. <laughs> so, yeah, real good, real good programs at most of these colleges there. But what happened in that aftermath was as Americans woke up and they were awake across the country, had a healthy skepticism against the information they were giving these institutions that betrayed them is it was an effort to once again, take these people who were awake and to lull them back to sleep through censorship of certain organizations and similar types of attempts here to re to kind of monopolize the information and, Give those trusted sources by getting win after win and give the appearance of revamping and putting their best foot forward. And I think that's exactly what's going on here. So CNN should try to do better. However, it should not change anything that we do in the way that we analyze their information or anybody's information because they are definitely recognizing that the world is woken up and they're trying to lull us back to sleep right now. And we cannot let it happen because... The achievement of their 2030 agenda depends on regaining our trust, which means yeah. we have the power to prevent it by not giving it to them. Yeah. Well, and it, I do think that there's a lot going on right now when it comes to that. I mean, one of the things that I think more people need to know and need to be able to say to people who say you can trust CNN or any news organization at this point is just point to Walter Durante. Do you know about about him? And about how he went over to the Soviet Union and came back and wrote all of these propaganda pieces about how great the Soviet Union was and how, how prosperous they were and just covered up for all of the evil that Lenin and Stalin did. Like, yeah, I didn't the, know about that. The corporate press since its inception, I think it was, I think that was in the, um, the, what's, what's the, I can't remember the name of the, the paper. I'll, I'll, it'll pop in my head in a minute, but. They have been doing this. They've been propping up wars, like you said, in World War One, and then they then they covered for for the the Soviets who were killing people. So this is not new. 
And right. It, it's that, just a matter of who's on their side and what their agenda is at the moment. We we see with Ukraine, that sounds to me like what's going on with Ukraine. All the stories we hear about Ukraine from our media, our politicians, is that they are the most holy, wonderful group of people just fighting for their very survival. They've never done anything wrong. And sure, some Nazis are helping them, but pff, don't worry <laughs> about that. Let's send I them s- another billion dollars. I saw a piece in an art uh, online a couple of weeks ago and it had pictures of the azov battalions with their nazi tattoos and it said pete some people in ukraine who are fighters and are trying to strike fear into the hearts of the russians have gotten these nazi tattoos as a fear tactic they don't yeah, actually I, believe in this stuff. They it's just crazy. got it permanently etched on their skin. What a crazy <laughs> explanation for that. I covered a story that was on the World Economic Forum last week that was about seven information operations that this organization said that they had identified that Russia is using against Ukraine in the Ukraine-Russia war. And they were, of course, all tactics that we use, everybody uses, not just Russia, but one of them – was and again this was explained as a tactic that Russia was using in information operations against Ukraine and it was that people have joined Ukraine to fight against Russia and they have showcased these Nazi symbols and they've they've broadcast their their Nazi ideologies that that so that was somehow an information operation that Russia was deploying against Ukraine by joining Ukraine's army, fighting, fighting and killing Russians, and then pretending to be a Nazi. It was just so convoluted in the explanation to try and dismiss and minimize the fact that actual Nazis are fighting for Ukraine and we're giving them billions of dollars and weapons. But, but I mean, even look at CNN, how they're trying to rebrand CNN. Don't use the big lie anymore. Why? I don't know why they used it so often in the first place. They're literally quoting Hitler. Yeah, trying they want to make to, they want Trump to out to Trump be Hitler. Hitler. Right. right. But Trump they're the ones quoting Hitler. Right. They're the ones acting like Hitler. <laughs> and that's how it works. I mean, that's often how it works. Everybody calls everybody Hitler. The people, it is very true that when people are accusing others, it's if you look closely enough, especially the politicians, they're just accusing people of the things that they're doing because they know how to do them well. And they all do it. That's the thing. They all do this stuff. So yeah. it, it, the idea of trust and getting people to a place where they stop critically analyzing the information you're giving, that's their ultimate goal because then they could su- subvert. If we just don't allow that to happen ever, regardless of who we're getting information from, regardless of if we love the person we're getting information from, if we have that, if we maintain that level of scrutiny, then we can't be gotten by that stuff. And I yep. do think it's important that that we question those that we trust and identify with the most because that's where they really slip in the information and we get it wrong sometimes people get it wrong so it's always good to you know to check your back so all right let's talk about we'll probably go a little bit over on this but uh, um i want to talk about what's what went on with you because i do have a theory and i at first i just want to hear I, I was out of town and i saw some of it on twitter H- how have you been like in the aftermath of that Twitter storm that you were the center of with the Washington Post, the fired journalist Felicia, I think is her name, the Weagle guy who was put on suspension, uh, just crazy stuff. I want to know what your biggest takeaway is in the aftermath and and just what's your feeling and what's been going on. So, excuse me. Let me me pull up this picture because I got the best screenshot of all time the other day. Let me see if I can get you to pull this up. You can't tell me this is not the best. Um, so 
to 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 make the story short, I um I tweeted a tweet on the first day of Pride Month, which is why when I said I think the pendulum has maybe gone too far and that they're trying to rebrand because they no longer have the trust of the people. People hate them. I mean, even just look at um how people treat stars now. Like how they treated Will Smith when he did the slap, when he did these other things. People don't like them anymore. So when they try these things, they're no longer working. And so on the first day of Pride, I thought, you know, I heard this joke in a, in a group chat. And I was like, this is funny. And I tweeted it. And I quickly got uh, like a thousand likes. And so like the Im immediately when I saw that, I shut down my LinkedIn because I was like, I'm not letting you people find out where I work. We're not doing this crap. Um, and so it just kept growing and growing. And we talked about it a little bit. I think I, I think it had to have been at like around 2000 at that point. I was just like excited that it was a big tweet. It was like right after it first happened when we first talked about it before yeah. all the, the major stuff started happening. <laughs> so so Dave Weigel, who is a political uh, reporter at The Washington Post, retweets it. And this woman, Felicia Sonmez, uh, retweets or takes a screenshot of his retweet with my name. You know, my face has been on The View. My face has been on uh, uh they talked about it on the view they talked you were on about the view. it did whoopee comment on you yeah dude i was uh, my face was on the view i was on they oh this has been the most incredible thing um but so i tweet this it's first day of pride i thought you know it is the first day of pride we'll see how people respond to this i i uh i did not expect what what came from it, but I do think that the reason it went the way it did is because people are tired of this stuff being shoved down their throats. Like this was the first day of Pride Month, and they were like, "I'm." There are a lot of people out there who don't hate gay people, who don't dislike gay people, but are real freaking tired of it of it always being shoved down their throats constantly. That's an interesting turn of phrase for the subject. <laughs> uh, but you know it went wild uh, she took a screenshot of my tweet with that showed he retweeted it and said wow it's wonderful to work at a place that uh, you you are allowed to retweet this and so she she went on a seven day bender of yeah. trying to uh, get him fired trying to get another guy named Jose de Real fired yeah. it's uh, almost he, as she, though every time it started to kind of wane down a little bit she boosted yeah. it back up yeah, and so right after we talked the last time on your show, um, Dave Weigel, she she caused enough of a stink to get him um, suspended for a month without pay from the Washington Post. And of course, I I cheered this. I love seeing any corporate media journalist get uh, a little in trouble for something stupid. Though I don't want anyone to get in trouble for retweeting stuff I I tweet. That's weird. It's the whole thing was just it was extraordinary to watch because the the joke that you tweeted, it's silly. It's not offensive. Yeah. Nobody is really offended by that. I, I have a hard time believing that they're OK. Maybe some people who are younger who have been conditioned and programmed and taught the activist lifestyle to be offended yeah. by absolutely everything. Maybe they, some of those people might be offended, but it, it, it's, it's, it's nothing, it's nothing offensive. It, it's not like you're, I mean, it's not hateful. It's silly. In fact, most women that I saw responding to it, they're, they're like, yeah, definitely. It's right. They're like, yeah. they're just, <laughs> and to, to think that that 
launched this thing at the Washington Post is extraordinary. And I, I was – I Could would it follow... have been a better person than me though? Oh, it's great. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm the best at Twitter, but I was like prepared to do this job. I know you were ready for it. You were, you were ready. You were, you embraced it. You definitely embraced it for sure. And you should, why not? I, I, there's a comment here from Cornelius Wolfshirt says favorite bit was that Cam got that stupid, huh? Look off Tucker's face where he's like, does that look? Yeah. And, uh, introduced a moment of humanity. Yeah, that's that was uh, fantastic. Your appearance on Tucker was great. Tucker's, um, you know, Tucker's Tucker. He, but he got a little worried when I when I he knew I was going to go more anti-war than he. Normally I know. Does. I could see he kind of <laughs> shushed you. Did a thing where he shushed you there. I noticed that too, <laughs> which was funny to me. So I have a theory that there was something more going on here, and, and my well, theory is that this whole thing has, for the most part, played out exactly as what's her name, Felicia. Sonmas, is that her name? Yeah. My theory is that this thing is played out almost perfectly as she planned before any of this happened. I yeah. think that this is what she planned to happen, and I think that she has a reason for, for doing what she's doing. And I'm going to tell you exactly what that reason is in a second. First, I want to tell you what we're going to maybe talk about in, in the XR. We'll probably continue talking about this a little bit in the XR. And also, I want to talk about what Pope Francis said and why he said it recently. His comments about Russia, Ukraine, and NATO were kind of eye-opening the other day, and I want to get into some of that. And we might also get into some of uh, Trump's truths on True Social. I realized Trump was very popular on social media, and I haven't been following his truths. I looked at them, and some of them are interesting. So we might go through some of that in the XR as well. But before we get to this final story, if you do want to get access to this live with video and interactive chat on Thursdays, sometimes Fridays, I'm going to start doing these more and more on Rockfin, then you can go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and subscribe through our channel. And what you get with that subscription is you get this live show that we do at least weekly, maybe by, maybe multiple times a week. And you also get the deeper deconstructions of the panel discussions where we hear what Joe Biden is going to say before Joe Biden even knows. He, he just says it weeks later because he's a puppet. And uh, they reveal a lot of things in there. And you also get all of the content from all of the other content creators on Rockfin, which is Legit Bat, Mad Ones, Whitney Webb, Scott Adams, Sam Tripoli, lots of great content creators on Rockfin. You get all of it with your subscription. Rockfin is a pro-liberty, pro-free speech platform. It's fantastic. Check it out. Rockfin.com slash propaganda report. Subscribe to our channel today. Now, here's my theory on what's going on here. Let me find my notes here and make sure I get to the most relevant points. Okay, so I think it's played out the way that she wanted it to. I think she wanted to get fired. I think that she was on her way out anyway, and so she wanted to make the firing happen in a very public way so that she could then use the reaction, because this is what activism is all about. Well, I can't remember the exact quote from Saul Alinsky, but I think it's I think it's actually the action is in the reaction. So you plan your activists, you plan your provocations based on your expected reaction from your target crowd and your target audience, because the plan is to use those reactions against Whoever. Oftentimes it is the very the crowd you're targeting. But I think that's what she was doing here. I think that she anticipated what the social media reaction would be. And I think that she intends on using this to make herself very, very wealthy. And I think this all stems from a lawsuit in 2021. She sued the Washington Post. 
She sued them alleging discrimination after she claimed publicly to be the victim of sexual assault, not not by the Washington Post, but in another instance. And but after she claimed that she was barred from covering stories about sexual misconduct. And in the suit against the Post, she claims that because of the bans, she was denied the opportunity to cover many newsworthy stories that could have led to further exposure and career advancement. And she claims to have suffered lots of economic loss, humiliation, embarrassment, mental and emotional distress. And the uh, and she was deprived of her rights of equal opportunities. And she also asked for $2 million worth of damages. So the case, however, was dismissed this past March in a ruling that said she did not have, she had not demonstrated that the post showed discriminatory motive in its actions towards her. And her lawyer said in Mar her lawyer said recently also that they are going to be appealing this ruling. So ever since she got to the post, she's been in turmoil and conflict with them. There was the whole Kobe Bryant incident, and it's never really gone smoothly there. And with what, according to her lawyer, says is an upcoming appeal, yet another lawsuit, it seems as though she probably wasn't going to be working for the post much longer anyway. It's kind of shocking to me that she was still there. I mean, she just sued them for $2 million and she was still working there, which is curious to me. So I, I think that she was on the way out anyway. People asked her on Twitter why she didn't just quit if she hates them so much. And her ex explanation was that she wanted to enact change. She wanted to be an intrapreneur as we've discussed on the show quite often, which maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I don't know that I believe it, but I think that she wanted to get fired because one, you can't collect unemployment if you quit. You can only get that if you get fired. But two, the firing plays into what she needs during this appeal. I think all of her actions were intended to strengthen her ability to get that appeal to work so that they can get another trial. And as evidence of the discriminatory actions, because we have to remember the reason her case was dismissed is because she failed to show the discriminatory motive in the Washington Post. But now she she kept pushing and pushing and pushing and being crazier and crazier and crazier publicly towards them and other employees that work there until they had basically no choice but fire her, which she yeah. can then take that say, look, here is the evidence you need to show discrimination. And then she can take all those screenshots she took of people attacking her, abusing her. Part of her lawsuit was that the Washington Post created a hostile work environment for her, that, and they protected her not at all. And she included social media in that hostile work environment. She now has evidence of images of all these people all over social media attacking her, abusing her, that she can say, here's the evidence you look for. Here's what you need to grant us this appeal and have this lawsuit move forward. And she also used David Weigel or Weigel, I believe, because he tweets stuff like that frequently. He retweets, he makes comments that she disagrees with that she claims are against the Washington Post policy on social media that they released earlier this year. She pinned that to the top of her page on Twitter to show everybody how they are only holding her to those standards while not holding David Weigel, who routine, she could count on that Weigel guy to tweet something that she could use. And I think yeah. she waited till the timing was right. And it happened to be, it happened to be the tweet that you made. And she grabbed that one, knowing that he, he's going to give her what she needs. And she used that to spark the firestorm so she could show they discriminate against her in the policy. They don't discriminate against him. It's sexism and provides her that evidence to get that case to go forward. And I think she will ultimately pressure the Washington Post 
to settle a lawsuit for $2 million or more. And I think that's what she's after. I think she did all this as a cash grab to get $2 million. And I think that was her plan all along. She has a history of doing public relation-like stunts. And, and I do believe she orchestrated this whole thing. And you were fortunate enough to be the person that was used to spark it. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that if that is the case, I, uh, I don't think she's going to win. You don't think that she'll I, I, well, I don't I know think, she'll win the case. It, what she needs to happen is she needs the appeal to be granted because if the appeal yeah. is granted and they are given a new case because the case was dismissed with prejudice, which means it can't be retried. However, if you have new evidence that was not previously known, then you can potentially get a new case. So she went out and generated the evidence herself by making herself the center of a controversy and playing the victim. Yeah. So if it goes through, then she can pressure for a lawsuit because the Washington Post will then start to worry that they might have to, you know, they might lose. We'll yeah, see well, if it well, works. And I think what happened as well is she saw him retweet my tweet, saw my profile picture with me wearing a cowboy hat. Yeah, right. And thought, oh, this is this is some this is some guy who's not going to do much. And then I'm just like, I'm going to make fun of you until I'm on Tucker Carlson. Oh, That's she definitely did not expect that for sure. <laughs> but. I will say, though, that people who do this type of activism, these type of stunts, and I, I, I feel pretty confident that's what she's doing. Well, that's what she's doing because I was looking into her background some, and, and she's very – she's another one of those P.T. Barnum-type figures is they welcome the harsh criticism because it, 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 they, they can use it. They need to be the victim. They, their whole – I don't want to swear it's the DMB. Their whole effing existence depends on playing the freaking victim yep. of things that they created and well, provoked. Look at Taylor Lorenz. I don't know if you heard about that story. What was that, she, that part of the story? Okay, so while all of this was going on, while I you know wrote an article for the Spectator, which Tucker Carlson read and made made him want me on his show, like while all of that was happening, um, just previously Taylor Lorenz, who's a um, like a technology writer at the Washington Post, um, wrote an article about the Johnny Depp and um, Amber Heard case, which, by the way, even though they've ruled that defamation, that article that she wrote that was ruled defamation is still up at the Washington Post, FYI. Um, but <laughs> Such a respectful organization. But – uh, so when she was writing this article, she claimed that she t she spoke to two different YouTubers. Uh, I think one of them was that umbrella guy, and I can't remember the name of the other. She claimed it in the article. She never reached out to them. She and when people said, "Hey," when they, the people who she said she reached out to said, "No, you didn't," she then uh, they they kind of stealth edited the article. And then and so that they were in trouble for that. So then they did a correction and said that she reached out to it, but that she didn't she never reached out to them and kept saying it after like it was just lie upon lie. And so this happened right before the Felicia Sanmez thing. And it happened right after uh, Amber Heard got called a liar publicly. And and I mean, this is a I think that I was a part of a very small breakdown in wokeism, but while I was doing all of this, I was thinking, I'm going to use this to raise my uh, people's awareness of me. And, you know, I did get thousands of Twitter followers. I did hey, get you. You did what you should do. You embraced it. Yeah. Oh, it was so much fun. Like I said, I had to be on, which is so hard to do. 
to be on every time All there the time you have is, yeah. and what was great though but i was i was in the zone though i was so happy because i could think up i would look at the same story and think up a second joke a third joke and they would just blow up um you're like, why, I don't know if you've seen the movie White Men Can't Jump. You're like Woody Harrelson's character during the two-on-two tournament when he's just standing on the sidelines with his hat backwards and his arms crossed, just heckling every other team, <laughs> telling them yep. they can't shoot, making your mama jokes at him. And Wesley Snipes says, what's wrong with you? And he goes off saying, I'm in the zone. They're pissed <laughs> off. I'm in the zone. <laughs> yep. That's where, that's, that's that, where that you were. Yeah. Um, but the whole time I was going – so right now there's this this gun debate going on. Um, Senate people are the Senate and the House representatives are trying to raise the age to buy a, a rifle to 21. You've got this Taylor Taylor Lorenz thing going on. Who is a lizard person? And I don't mean in the conspiracy way. I mean in that she keeps her apartment at 90 degrees Fahrenheit. She is a actual lizard person. She shared a picture of the thermostat, Brad. Is she 98 years old? I I have I think she's like she's a little bit older than me, but probably just touch younger than you. But um I'm sitting there thinking and I'm like, you know what? I my story is covering up for Taylor Lorenz's story right now. It may not be ah, covering for the gun stuff. It may not be covering for th- that may be too big for this, but it is definitely covering up washington post drama that's reporters lying on the record right and, and so, we also have on the same yeah they they do that stealth editing thing too which is just terrible it's changing history but with all this going on we also have the washington post report on the nixon scandal being brought back you know they're so reputable because the January 6th hearings, they draw the parallels. Right. They bring Bernstein and Woodward. They roll their corpses out to speak about their their past heroics with the Washington Post reporting. And they parallel Trump to it with the January 6th hearing. So a lot of Washington Post stuff uh, going on. Uh, yeah, that, that that's, a, that's a great point. I, my prediction is, is that ultimately the Washington Post will settle with her and pay her a bunch I, of money. But I, I don't think they're going to have to. Because they might not, but that's my the the, the evidence that they got was so middling that it was incredible. Did you see the tweet she shared as as being abuse? Yes, I did, and it's not they abuse. Were You're right, weak, but, right, totally. very weak, and it will depend on a finding getting a judge to grant the appeal because the appeal yeah. is necessary to put that pressure on WAPO because WAPO does not want to get a guilty conviction and they will pay to avoid that. If they don't grant the appeal, then they won't have to do that. But well, we'll have with to, the social I, I, pressure, so the social media mob pressuring and with the whole idea of ESG standards need to be met and showing that the images that they're not adhering to their social media policy, they're, they're making her adhere to it, but they're not making him. If she can make that argument, if her lawyer can, then they can, they can show they can demonstrate discrimination and the public pressure is another thing people want to look like they're aligning with the esg standards right Right. now and they can merely grant it because of the pressure but anecdotally the reason why i don't think she's going to get it is because if you watch that episode of the view they were calling out felicia sonmez they were not calling out dave weigel they were not calling out me that's they were point. calling yeah. her out. Yeah. So I think I think that I know I think you're right. That's what she's trying. But I also think she's dumb and it's not going to work. Yeah, it might not work. Yeah. <laughs> because people turned it, on her. How it plays out for sure. We have a, a comment here from any word. I think you had a Paps Blue Ribbon a moment ago. Did I see that? Oh, yeah. 
uh, says Pap's Blue Ribbon and Dynamite is quite oh. dangerous. Do you like my dynamite? I do. I like that dynamite. It looks so, like an animated dynamite from here. It's it's a uh, patch, um, and so uh, one of the members of Michael Malice's locals reached out to me when this, all this happened because this is like what these people want to see, like the, my little joke, me crap posting into the firing of at least one reporter. And so he goes, hey, I want to send you something. And so he sent me this and a lapel pin that's little bits of dynamite. Um, and so awesome. I, they're they're numbered, and I don't think this will get back to Michael Malice and ro- ro- ruin the troll. But these were um, these patches are a limited run, and they're numbered. So he has he numbered the back of them, and if you can see here, that's number one out of all of out of the quantity. Yeah, and they come these come from. Um, Michael Malice's recent book, which was about anarchy and uh, Lewis Ling and his making bombs for the Haymarket Affair and stuff like that. And so he sent Michael Malice the number two one to troll Malice because Malice oh, is wow. going to get that in the mail and it's going to be two, the, the second one. And he's always going to wonder who got number one. It's yeah, me. that's all. That's a great. I that's a great it. troll right there. I like that. <laughs> that's awesome. Just wanted to share that with you, but I love it. it's now part of my my whole thing. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Very interesting stuff. It really is extraordinary, and it shows. I think that whole situation. It is a a good il- illustration of how small the world has become through technology and social media. The way everything it, it, uh, information can just blow up and spread uh, like that. To yeah some of the most influential people in the world. I thought for a little while you might get an Elon Musk mention or, or retweet because I oh, think I you was, referenced the story a couple times. I, 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 I was hoping for that. I did tweet about him because um, I'd said at this point, you know that Jeff Bezos has read that tweet, uh, laughed in some weird robotic noise, and then got distracted by how much he hates at Elon Musk. Right, yeah. You were playing into their little little divide there. You know, stoke the fury there. You know, I would Dang really it. like to have seen the Pope comment on come out and make a statement about what he believes about what's going on there. That would have been uh, the ultimate there. Thank you all for listening. We will continue this conversation in the XR. You can find your Drive Time News Blast at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. Remember, we have a DPP tomorrow night, 8 p.m., Eastern Standard Time, patreon.com slash propaganda report. If you want to join up and party with us, we will talk to you all next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.